Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hello gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. I am so delighted to have you here today for a very juicy Q&A podcast episode. So I reached out and put a post out on my Instagram stories and in my manifestation membership to ask for your incredible questions to do a manifestation, law of attraction, spirituality Q&A today for you. And I just wanna say the biggest thank you to everybody who submitted a question. I have had so many incredible questions and I promise I'm gonna get through as many as I can today without making this episode 50 million hours long. So a big thank you to everybody who took the time to submit your incredible questions. And for anybody listening who didn't submit a question, then make sure to follow me on Instagram at I am Emma Mumford. If you're in the Manifestation Membership, watch out for when I post these Q&As. And if you didn't know, the Manifestation Membership is the most incredible place to be. And a lot of our very amazing questions come from our membership queens today. So without further ado, I think let's get started with your awesome questions. So we've got such a variety today, which I'm really excited about because I'm actually gonna cover a whole array of topics, which is great because hopefully there's gonna be something in this for you that resonates with you. Maybe you've been like, oh, I keep missing Emma's Q&As and I just wish I could ask that question. Or maybe you've been looking for a sign and one of these answers to a question is gonna be that sign for you. But I'm gonna kickstart off with Kate McCabe's question. Kate is in my membership and she has asked, I'd love to hear your thoughts and rituals on protecting your energy because sometimes I get set off track by the negativity of those I encounter and begin to doubt myself or it brings my vibe down. Thanks, Emma. Great question, Kate. Thank you for this question. So 
I have quite a few energy protection rituals, I'm not gonna lie. I do have a meditation on my YouTube channel that I'm gonna link below for ease, which I recommend everybody to do daily. I believe that energy protection should ideally be done daily. Do I do it every single day of my life? Yes, if I can, but you know, if something comes up, like I'm not perfect, you know, there are days where I miss it for whatever reason and I know that's fine. So. I don't think it's something that like, if you forget it or something happens, an emergency and you can't do it that morning, that like bad things are gonna happen. Definitely not. Your energy protection lasts more than 24 hours, 100%. And it's all about belief as well, right? But consistency is important with energy protection. And for anybody who has no idea what energy protection is, um, essentially our aura field, our energy field, ourselves, you know, we have that energy field around us and essentially we can pick up collective energy, which means maybe when you feel funky, but you can't really work out why, and you're like, why do I feel so weird today? Or is Mercury in retrograde? We can be impacted by collective energy very easily. And in Kate's example, we can also be impacted by the people around us as well. So our work colleagues, people we live with, our family members, our children, our partners, all of those energies are like around us and our aura field kind of like absorbs it sometimes depending on our energy protection and depending on where we are as well in our energy, how strong our aura and energy field is. So there's lots of great episodes here on this podcast from amazing experts on auras and energetic fields. I am not the expert in this, but I've been doing energy protection and learned about the importance of energy protection for gosh, about six, seven years now. Um, and the way I learned about it was from having a psychic attack many years ago. Um, and George Lezos, my good friend and peer, um, he taught me everything I needed to know about energy protection. So he has a fantastic book called Protect Your Light that I would highly recommend everybody to read. Um, and a lot of the rituals I do are from George's work and what he's taught me. So I do daily energy protection, which is the meditation that I will link below. That's my personal practice. Um, I protect my social media. I do energetic cleansing rituals with my social media and my platforms just because as George writes about in Protect Your Light, you know, it's not just about our physical space anymore. It's about our digital space as well. So I do little rituals with that for sure. Um, and I also do a lot of energy protection with the work that I do. Um, I've spoken about this before um, over the years when I people would read me against my will um, and just send me unsolicited messages of like, I'm picking up on this for you or I've read your energy. And I just wanna say to those people, cause I still get it every now and again, that it's not okay to read people's energy without their permission. Like any good psychic, any good medium, any good energy worker will never read someone's energy without their permission, without their consent. So for me, it is something that I feel very passionate about and something that I have definitely had to, you know, combat over the years. Um, when people seem to just read your energy and they're like giving you unsolicited readings and saying things which are maybe not the nicest things and you're like, you're not even reading my energy. So one energy ritual that I do do, and I think it's actually something I would recommend to anybody who's in the public eye or anybody who has a job in like, you know, that's high profile or whatever, is actually to put a mirror shield around you. So what I do, I'm not gonna go through the exact process because that is energy protection in itself, but George does talk about this in his book around mirror shields and reflecting things back to people. So that's just a good, I'm going into like energy protection 101 here, but that's always like a good thing to do. But 
essentially now I find it really funny when I get those DMs or I see people in person because part of that energy protection is to create, well not create, but like essentially give them confusing, conflicting information so that they're not reading your energy without your consent. Now we are all protected to some degree. I don't want to panic anybody and be like, you need to protect your energy. Of course the universe does protect us. So I do believe that energy protection is a bit like showering, like essentially, you know, if you don't shower, you're going to get smelly after a while. And you know, our smell, our odor, so to speak, is a bit like those kind of negative vibes that we can pick up from walking around the street, from going out for the day, you know, even if you're just walking down, you know, your high street, for instance, um, you know, just in a public space, you're going to be absorbing people's energy around you. And especially as a spiritual person, you can be very much more like prone to absorbing energy as well, just because you can be quite empathic and just like feel like you take people's energy on. And this is why energy protection is so important. So yeah, it was important for me to put that boundary and that energetic kind of protection in place, especially around people giving you unsolicited readings because it's so unethical. And I know George teaches this. I know so many people teach this, like good, decent teachers that you should not be reading people's energy without their consent. So now I just have a little chuckle to myself when people do do it because they're like convinced that they've got this hugely accurate information. And I'm just like, there's my energy protection working. And, you know, why should we not protect that for ourselves at the end of the day? You know, if I am going through something, I want to share that with you in my own way. If um, something positive happens to me, you know, I want to share that with you in my own way. I don't feel like it's appropriate for anybody to be tapping into people's energy. Like that for me is like icky energy when people do that. So yeah, I have a lot of different energy protection rituals that I do do for my work, for myself, protecting myself, like protecting myself on a daily basis. And I do think it's like showering that the more you do it, like you're going to see the benefits from it. Um, And it is very difficult, as Kate says, when you've got people around you. And I think this is a question I get a lot from people about, I just like, you know, I even had it in the Facebook group today, actually around someone saying that they want to change their money mindset, but there's, you know, people at work who are just so negative about money. So it's definitely a universal theme, but doing daily energy protection and that meditation I mentioned, which I'll link below, will help you in just regulating that. It will help you in setting up a foundation for energy protection and making sure that your energy is your own. That is what I would say is the key to it is you're doing it to make sure that your energy is your own, that you're not taking on other people's stuff and that when you're in a situation where you are around potentially negative people or family members or whatever, like you're able to hold your own more. But again, I would say if you are someone who, you know, when you get back from work, you feel really drained because you feel like you've taken on everybody's stuff that day. Even just doing like a good energy cleanse afterwards, like seeing someone negative or seeing a toxic family member, or if you just feel drained from an interaction, doing a good energetic cleanse with some ethically sourced sage, white sage, palo santo, again, they're endangered, so I always say use something ethically sourced. For me, my go-to is aura sprays just because they're ethical and they're easy to use. So I have protecting and clearing energy sprays, aura sprays, and it helps me to, again, just make sure that the energy in my aura and energy field is my own. Um, and that it is, you know, nothing bad's getting in, um, or I'm not feeling drained from the collective energy as well. 
So thank you, Kate, for your question. I hope that helped. And for anybody else, you can find the link to the meditation I mentioned in the show notes below. I'm now gonna answer Kay's question from my membership. So Kay asked, do you let go and surrender after a month of setting your intentions or is it worth revisiting and continuing to visualize? Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Kay, for your great question. So there is no set timeline of, well, I'll I'll use my five steps as an example here. My five steps to manifesting, which are in my books, they're on my YouTube channel, they're here on this podcast. I talk about them a lot. Um, There's no set timelines with anything in the manifestation process. So um, when you say like a month, like, there is no timeline. Time does not exist in the worlds of quantum physics and energetics, in the the universe and spirituality and manifestation. Time does not exist. It is only ever alignment that exists in the manifesting process. So you could move along like step one of R, step two believe, step three in like a week, for example. There is no fixed timeline here, but then you would get get into your letting go and surrendering stage step four quite quickly and quite naturally. Whereas another manifestation might have more resistance to it. So you might be in step two, believe a lot longer, which could be like six months, for example. So there is no time frame or timelines you should be sticking to. It's all in the energy. It's all in the feeling and it's all in where you energetically feel you are in that manifesting process. So use the five steps. I'll link my five steps video below as well for you um, to identify where you are. And it's okay wherever you are. There is definitely no timelines to this, but I would definitely say, make sure you're following the steps in order as well. Because if you're like setting your intention and letting go, but you're not working on the mindset, you're not working on taking aligned and inspired action to meet the universe halfway, you're not gonna get very far. So see where you are on that five-step process um, and intuitively feel into where you are and what you should be focusing on at that point. There is definitely no time to manifesting or anything in the spiritual realm, so to speak. Um, Everything is energy. So it is all in, you know, you could manifest something in two seconds or you can manifest something in two years. Um, It all depends on your energy, your alignment and your belief system. And the second part to your question of, is it worth revisiting and continuing to visualize? Great aspect to this question. So I believe that visualization kind of falls into the asking step, not exclusively, but I feel for me personally, I see it as an asking step. And what I see time and time again is people stuck in the asking step of doing affirmations every day, writing their intention every day, scripting every day, 55 times five, visualizing, um, mirror work, like all of those fab tools. Now, affirmations, I think, fall into a slightly different bracket as I feel like they're great for building belief and they're actually great in the second step of belief to help you install new positive beliefs and build your level of trust and belief. But it's when you're writing an affirmation about your desire and you're writing the same one every day and it's not necessarily to build your belief, it's more of like you're just asking for it. And I always love using the analogy of the coffee shop where if you went out for a coffee with your friend and the you know waitress came over and took your order and you just kept repeating your order of like decaf coffee please, decaf coffee please, they're gonna be like, well, can I just go make your coffee? Like your friends ordered, shut up, let me go make the coffee. So if you keep asking, the universe knows, the waitress knows your coffee order. You don't need to repeat it 20 times. You only ever need ask once with the universe. So if visualizing feels expansive and exciting to you, then great, do it. But if it is something where you feel like you're asking and you're asking, 
and it kind of feels a bit stagnant or a bit meh, then I would definitely say put it down and focus on the step in the five-step process that you're in. Because if you're in like trust, for example, the third step, then you're going to be wanting to focus your energy on taking aligned and inspired action, not sitting writing all your affirmations and all your tasks and practices every day. Because You need to be in the field of opportunity and possibility in that step. In letting go, you're not gonna want to be, you know, setting that intention every day and visualizing because that could make you attach more to the desire. So it honestly depends where you are in the five-step process, but I would definitely invite you to recap that, Kay. Um, And again, there's no timelines with anything. So there's no fixed time of when you should be doing any of the steps or any of the practices. It's what feels good to you and where you are in that alignment process. I hope that helps. Lindsay Forbes in my membership, I promise I will get to the Instagram question soon, has also asked, I understand you can't manifest for someone else. I obviously have my idea of what I want to manifest for my life and don't know if it is anywhere near the same as what my partner wants. How do the two align? I love this question, Lindsay, and I want to start this question off by ask your partner. (laughs) Like, I feel like, you know, you're saying like, how would I know that that's what my partner wants? Well, we're not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. You're probably not a mind reader either. So ask, have that conversation. And I think it could be quite scary when, um, you know, we have difficult conversations because if you're like, oh my God, what would the answer be? What if it's not in alignment, then what will that mean? But you don't know if you don't know, right? You don't know if you don't ask and you don't know what you're dealing with. So you could be sat there fearing whatever your partner's answer would be when actually it could be the exact same thing that you want but you don't know because you haven't asked um so you're sat in that fearful place for absolutely no reason so definitely don't avoid it have the conversation first of all um because if you don't know then how can you work from a place of clarity in your manifestation process if you don't know what they're thinking or they're feeling or their views on that. So 100% have that conversation. But where the two align, you can manifest for other people as long as it's not through force or control. It has to be from a place of the highest good and it has to be from a place of deep surrender of just wanting the absolute best for that person. So if someone's going through a health scare or they're in hospital, then yeah, like manifesting great health for someone is a lovely, amazing, selfless thing to do. But it must always be said for the highest good of all because you don't want to manifest money for someone and then it like is the worst thing ever for them for whatever reason so if you are setting intentions for other people it must always be for the highest good of all now when it comes to partnerships and relationships and you know visions of like what you want for your life yeah you can't control that you definitely can't but at the end of the day as long as you're clear in your vision and you're clear in your energy and you have that surrenderedness and respect for the other person and their choices and how they feel then you know it either has to align or it doesn't and that is the I guess the simplicity of it it either aligns or it doesn't and then from that place if it aligns great and that doesn't mean that things can't change if someone doesn't want the same thing as you right at the beginning, that doesn't mean things can't shift and change from their own free will. But essentially, if it doesn't align, then that creates a space for you to reflect on what your non-negotiables are, where you see your life going and what is important for you. What is a non-negotiable and what is something that you could compromise on that would feel like good to you? And if it doesn't feel good to compromise, then there's an answer too. 
So without context, it's a little bit hard to get really specific on that, but definitely have the conversation. Um, And if it's meant to align, it will. Um, And that doesn't mean people can't change their mind. It doesn't mean that people can't see things differently, but essentially like you have to honor yourself, but also honor the other person's free will and what they want as well. Lucy O'Sullivan from my membership has asked, how can I limit the wonderful obtrusive thoughts? They always creep in when I'm meditating. I know this very well. (laughs) And I know that a lot of people listening will be like, oh my gosh, I have it all the time. It is totally normal. I believe that this internal chatter comes from our ego, our inner critic, our inner child. Um, And slowing down and quietening the mind can be very scary for that um, aspect to us because we're gonna have to think, we're gonna have to slow down and we're gonna have to reflect. And that can be scary if we're avoiding something, if we're not comfortable in our own energy or our own quiet time or you know space. You know, we distract ourselves so great as human beings when there's something going on or we don't wanna you know, address something. So I often find that we try to like bash the inner talk. We try to think like, oh my God, like I'm not meditating right because I've got this annoying voice in my head when actually you're meditating great. Meditation is not about eliminating every single part of being human because your mind is human, remember? It's about taking the time to sit with yourself and taking the time to be with yourself wholly to recognize what is going on internally. So, you know, people resist, but what we resist persists, right? So, I go into the thoughts and I'm like, okay, instead of bashing myself or feeling shame or feeling judgmental that I'm having these thoughts and I should be perfect with my my meditation process, I sit with the thoughts and I say, okay, why is this thought coming up? Maybe it's something completely random about what I want to eat for dinner later. Maybe it's a feeling. Maybe it's like, oh, this is so pointless. Whatever, whatever it is, I go into why I'm trying to distract myself from this practice. What am I avoiding? What feels uncomfortable for me that I'm trying to distract myself? So I find that I get so much more insight from going into the thought and talking to the thought, because again, I'm talking to my subconscious, I'm talking to my inner child. And I'm saying like, what's going on? How are you? How do you feel? Like, what do you need from me? And I find that those thoughts instantly dissipate when we actually go into them and honor them, even as silly as they may be of like, oh, I've got to walk the dog later. Like, even as silly as that, rather than just dismissing it, pushing it away, because when we push it away, we're pushing away the goodness that the meditation is actually trying to help us with. So if you're someone who's doing like a guided meditation and you're like, oh, this is pointless because I can't even concentrate, try just sitting in still meditation. Meditation can be even with your eyes open. It's just a state of relaxation. It's a state of listening to the internal. So it may even be worth sitting with your thoughts first of all and seeing what comes up from that and then doing a guided meditation afterwards and seeing what the difference is. But when we push away those thoughts, when we fight those thoughts, they gain power. And the reason why they feel so freaking annoying is because they've gained power because you're resisting it. Whereas when you embrace the thoughts, you go towards the thoughts and you laugh at them and be like, okay, let's talk about it. That's where the power lies. That's where the great information and feedback from the soul can come through to give you exactly what you're trying to get from that meditation. So I hope that helps Lucy. 
Emily from the membership as well. I'm clearly just going through the membership questions and then Instagram, but I'm on a roll. Emily C has asked about specific, I can never say it, specificity. There we go. <laughs> I can't even freaking say it. Um, one person will advise being extremely specific while manifesting so you don't end up with a half-cooked version of what you want, as I call it, half-assed. Um, a fun fact for you, my publisher tells me all the time, I can't put half-assed in my books. And I'm like, but we're British, it's half-assed. So for any of my American followers or anybody who reads my books, you'll hear or read half-hearted. So you know that I am really saying half-assed and I've just been edited to say half-hearted. <laughs> so half-assed version of what you want. But then the next person will advise against being specific because that could block other avenues of what you want coming to you. It's all quite confusing. What are your thoughts on this? Well, Emily, my thoughts on this are, and I love this question because I actually got asked this at my alternatives talk back in November. November when we did the Q&A at the end. So what I said to this lady and what I will say to you as well is that it all comes down to control, expectations, and also what your non-negotiables are. So it's good to have healthy expectations and be specific in a healthy way where you know what you want. Because again, the mirror of life reflects back the clarity to us. So if we're showing up to the mirror of the universe with like a half-assed energy of, oh, I don't know, oh, I don't really know what I want, I just think I want it, guess what's gonna be reflected back to you? Exactly that half-assed energy. But when you turn up to the mirror of life with, well, I know what that clear intention is, the universe can reflect that level of clarity back to you. So yes, clarity is important. Where I feel that people get way too specific and end up blocking themselves is through unhealthy expectations, um, being way too specific in a way that is controlling and also not knowing what their non-negotiables are with their manifestation. So as we know with manifesting, it's this or something better for the highest good of all. So whilst we can say, well, I want this career and it has to be in this company with this salary, working these exact days and hours and be 11 minutes away from home and all these different specifics, what if there was a role that was even closer, even more money, even less hours with the most even more positive people around you, that would feel in a million times better. And you never would have thought of it, but the universe has. So that's where this or something better comes in. We have to be open to it being better than how we envision it. But when we put an I hold my hands up to this. The only way I know this answer is because I've been there myself and done this quite a few times over the years as I've learned to let go and be open and flow is it's the unhealthy expectations that block us around, you know, I've had people come to me before and they're manifesting a partner and they're like, if my partner does not have brown hair and brown eyes, I'm not even giving them a date. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's perfectly okay to desire someone with brown hair and brown eyes or whatever. But when you're saying that that is the only option, I question, why does that matter? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To you to that level where it's an absolute non-negotiable. Now, I am always there to support people with their specifics because if that is a genuine aligned non-negotiable for you, then honor it. But imagine if there was someone with brown hair and blue eyes who would treat you a million times better. So I think it's looking at what is our ego versus what is our soul alignment. So What is control? Where are you controlling out of fear to be like, well, it has to be this and it can't be anything else and it must be this specific way or it's not my desire. Yeah, you're gonna block yourself very easily because that is control and that is ego. Whereas your soul knows that it's already yours. It knows the perfect way. And I really, really highly recommend, and I'm gonna link this below as well, my core energy of your desire meditation. Because when you connect to the core energy of your desire, and I write about this in my books as well, because this has been the key to unlocking a lot of um, miracles for me around letting go and surrendering and allowing whatever is for my highest good to actually come through without me blocking it through force has been through connecting to the true essence, the core of my desire, so that I step out of my own way, so I drop my BS around my human expectations that are actually really unhealthy and are actually really controlling and actually at the root of it is rooted in fear. So I hope this is making sense of what the differences are, but it's perfectly okay. You know, when we manifested this house, for example, you know, I was quite specific about, like the color kitchen I wanted and like carpet colors because I'd had some horrible carpets I'd seen in the past when manifesting a house. And, you know, I knew we needed three bedrooms. I knew what kind of aesthetic I wanted, but I wouldn't have restricted myself to the point where, you know, if it didn't have the bright color carpets, I wouldn't have bought the house because guess what? I would just freaking replace them. So I think it's looking at what your non-negotiables are. So I actually kept the area that we were gonna live in pretty open because I actually wasn't really fussed. It wasn't a huge non-negotiable for me. It was, you know, I had my car, I'd passed my driving test at that point. So I knew that actually that had shifted and I could be open with that to find the most perfect aligned house. So, you know, 
Even with houses, for example, I could have restricted myself to a three bed, but maybe there was a four bed waiting for us. And if I'd clung on and refused to look at anything that felt aligned or where my intuition was guiding me, I could have missed out on an even bigger bet house that miraculously could have been in our budget, for example. So know what your non-negotiables are with your desires. If you're going to get specific, especially around appearance with manifesting a partner, for example, or the appearance of a house, for example, um, what are your non-negotiables? Can you replace a carpet? Can you paint a wall? Can you, um, you know, build or, you know, redecorate something? I think it's looking about potential as well. I'm not saying this with relationships because that's different, but it's looking at what your non-negotiables are and knowing what is a healthy expectation versus an unhealthy controlling expectation with your desires. So yes, be specific, but not to the point where it feels constrictive, it feels controlling, and it feels like you would like turn away an incredible opportunity because you're so fixated that that person has to have brown eyes because you know, you just don't know what your soulmate could look like. And I think that's the beauty in it that I find that a lot of my desires so pleasantly surprise me in ways that I thought, gosh, I never would have thought that would have happened or I never thought they would look like that or I never thought the house would, you know, be blue, for example. I wouldn't have said that I wanted to live in a blue house, but I freaking love it now. So it's definitely about knowing your non-negotiables and knowing when it's controlling (laughs) and fear versus healthy expectations. So I hope that helps, Emily. I'm gonna do the last membership question now, then I'm gonna move on to our Instagram questions. So Maribel from the membership has asked, why I see lots of mirror numbers or angel numbers every day, but I feel from the last two days physically unwell. When I look for the meaning of the numbers, all seems to be positive outcomes, but I feel tired and I don't experience the good stuff. Also any book advice or articles where the meaning of numbers are explained. So Maribel, I love this question because it's something I get asked so often around, like I can't even begin to tell you the amount of DMs me and my team get of people saying, Emma, I've seen 444, what does it mean? Um, And I've never claimed to be a number or numerology expert. So I find it funny that people ask me that of all the people they could ask, because I'm like, I have absolutely no idea, hun. No idea what your sign means. So I think it's interesting when we seek that external validation from someone of like, what does this bird mean? I saw this butterfly, what does that mean? I asked for two signs and I saw both my signs. What does that mean? Now I do have, and guess what? I'm gonna link it below as well. A podcast episode where I go so deep into signs and synchronicities. So I'm gonna link that below because if you are someone who wants to know more on this, that episode is like the Bible of everything I know about signs and synchronicities and any outcome or question that I could predict you might have about it. So I will link that below for ease as well. But essentially when it comes to science, I'm going to talk about numbers separately because that's numerology, that's very different. But when we're like, oh, what does that sign mean? What does this mean? Ask your freaking self. You are your best guru. And I say that with love because I I am not a mind reader. I don't know what your sign means. Kyle Gray is not gonna know what your sign means. Nobody is gonna know what your sign means other than yourself. So I invite you, when you see that number, when you see that car, when you see that bird, when you see that elephant, whatever it is, How did you feel in that moment? Because I've had it in the past where I've seen a repeating number. I think it was like 444 or something. And, um, you know, I looked up online the meaning of it and I didn't really resonate with it. And I was like, "Mm, 
what does that mean? <laughs> I don't really, it doesn't really feel like how I felt. So then I realized that actually my 444 represented all as well for me. Like I really tuned in and I asked myself like, what do I feel when I see that number? I feel all as well. And then I saw it more and more every time that I would feel all is well, or I needed a sign of all as well, I would see 444. So ask yourself what it means. Now, there are great resources out there, but I always say, you know, there are, I've looked up so many number meanings over the years and I guarantee every website and every teacher is gonna tell you a different freaking meaning. And I get that question a lot as well. So-and-so said this, so-and-so said that, which one's right? None of them, but all of them are right. (laughs) Like, what does it mean to you? How does it feel to you? Which one resonated with you the most, but trust yourself the most out of any of them? Because like with me, the 444 number didn't necessarily resonate, but it did resonate when I asked myself what it meant to me. And in terms of good resources, I love Kyle Gray's Angel Numbers book. I feel like that is a great message book. It's like an oracle book and you just like pick numbers and you can look up number meanings as well. But I do say like with anybody, whether it's Kyle's work, whether it's any numerologist's work, whether it's anybody who's got angel number meanings on their websites or books, like how one person channels a message is not going to resonate with like 8 billion people. It's just not, like my work is not gonna resonate with 8 billion people's, nobody's would. So it's taking the information, it's looking it up if you want to, but then asking yourself, does that feel right to me? Does that resonate with me? Um, And like Maribel said there, you know, she's seen loads of angel numbers, but she feels physically unwell. I think we also have to look at what we're pinning angel numbers on to mean, because, life still happens, like we get ill, things happen, just because we're seeing angel numbers, that doesn't mean we're exempt from life and, you know, the highs and lows of life and just things. And I think when people put meaning to angel numbers of like, oh, like I'm seeing this angel number, but I feel sad today. It doesn't have to mean something all of the time. It doesn't have to be something that I obsess over. It could just be a loving little hello from my angels and spirit guides, you know, when they want to do it. And, you know, that's why I stopped asking for signs. That's why I stopped asking for angel numbers because I realized I didn't need it. I didn't need it because I was giving myself what I did need in the reassurance through other means so that I wasn't using signs and synchronicities as an emotional crutch and like basing my life on it, on like, I saw this number today, but something bad happened. Yeah, that's life, like that is life. So I definitely wouldn't put pressure on yourself, Maribel, to feel better when you're sitting these angel numbers. It could be related, it may not, but I definitely think have a read of Kyle Gray's angel numbers book um, and trust yourself in what it means for you. So I hope that helps. So I'm gonna do two more questions, then I'm gonna wrap up because I feel like we've had so many incredible questions so far. So on Instagram this time, um, I have had a question from abs659 asking, if you are having a tough time and need to speak to friends about it, are you lowering your vibe more? Great question, abs. Um, I don't know your name unfortunately, but I'll call you abs. Um, Yeah, great question. And I have this a lot. I even had a question exactly like this in the group today as well. Um, So basically you're not lowering your vibe by talking about your emotions. Um, There is such a toxic teaching out there, which I try to dispel every time I talk about it and be like, listen, it's fine to feel your emotions. But I understand that there are a lot of teachings out there where, and again, like I've read those, you know, initial teachings, old school teachings where it's like, 
don't be sad because you'll attract bad things to you. If you feel worried, you're going to attract worry to you. If you air your feelings, you're going to attract more of those feelings to you. So it's really difficult when that is the information being put out there. But please let me reassure everybody listening, you attract what you are, not what you think and not what you want. You attract who you are. And at your core, if you're having a bad day, you're not a bad, like you're not a sad, unhappy person at your core and in your consistent vibration, you're just having a bad day, right? So, um, and I know someone else's question was very similar around like, you know, I want to talk to my friends, like, but I feel like, you know, I'm just going to lower my vibe and like manifest that heaviness to me by talking to my friend. And you're really, really not. I can't even begin to tell you how much relief and lightness I feel when I air my true feelings to my friends. When I call up my friend and say, I'm really going through it right now. Can I just rant or vent to you? And they're like, yep, go ahead. And I feel so much better afterwards because I've got it off my chest. I've got it out of my system. And I'm honoring, most importantly, how I feel. So if you are going through a tough time, please talk to people. Please honor your feelings. Feeling is healing. What we resist persists. And if we feel like shame or like, oh, I need to be this like positive high vibe person and like talking about this really sad thing that's happened. No, you are human. We all go through cycles. We all go through the cyclical cycles of life and it is impossible, impossible to be high vibe every single day of your life. It's also not sustainable and it is normal to feel sad sometimes. It's normal to get into funks. It's normal to go through seasons of your life where you don't feel your highest, most vibrant self because we also have the law of polarity at play. So many people pigeonhole the law of attraction as the be all and end all. And believe me, I love it. It is my life. I teach it, right? But it's one of the seven energetic laws of the universe. Seven, there's six more. And the law of polarity is another one of them. And I talk about the law of polarity a lot in my book, Hurt, Healing, Healed, because for me, integrating my shadow self, healing, honoring my emotions was the most liberating thing I can honestly hand on heart tell you that I have done. And I used to, you know, suppress my emotions any like negative thoughts, I would bash down with all the techniques that are in the old school teachings and none of it freaking worked. And none of it worked because I was resisting. None of it worked because it was all just bottling up inside, growing in intensity, growing in power because my inner child didn't feel heard. I wasn't honoring my feelings or emotions. And as soon as I started to listen and honor and hold space for myself, oh my gosh, I cried. (laughs) Like I cried and I released and I felt a million times better. And when we honor our emotions, when we honor how we feel, we actually move through that negative feeling so much quicker because we're releasing it and processing it through our body and our aura field, our, you know, our mind, we're processing it. We're not letting it stick or stay in the body or stay in the mind or stay in the energy field. So, 100% talking about things is so important and you will never lower your vibe or anybody else's vibe by relying on someone or asking for support or honoring your feelings like because most of your friends probably want to jump at the chance to hold you and support you and listen so please do always speak up uh, and speak to your friends and just honor how you feel because I guarantee you will feel so much better by just getting it off your chest 
um, and just honoring that, honoring how you feel instead of pushing yourself to feel positive, pushing yourself to get into a high vibration. You can't fake it until you make it with the universe. You just can't. I hate that saying because you just can't. Like the universe knows your energy doesn't lie. So instead of feeling like you have to fake it and be this like positive person if you're feeling like shit inside, honor your feelings. They will move through you so much quicker. You will release and process and heal that feeling by honoring it. And you and yourself will authentically and sustainably move up the emotional ladder again to more authentic feelings of peace, joy, happiness again, instead of faking it. Because if you're just going from extreme highs to extreme lows, there's no sustainability there. It's erratic, it's all over the place. Whereas when you actually process and authentically honor every feeling every day for what it needs to be, you will gradually and sustainably and authentically move up that ladder to be in a consistent vibration of peace or happiness again. So it's all about feeling and manifestation as a whole is a feeling exercise. I think a lot of people forget that feelings and emotions are the actual true essence of manifesting. So I get it when there's a lot of not very great teachings out there saying, well, if you focus on heaviness, you're going to attract more heaviness. If you focus on feelings of sadness, but are you focusing on it? Like if you're, you know, talking to a friend and releasing it, you're just talking about it. You know, you could talk about garlic bread, for example. That doesn't mean you're going to manifest garlic bread, which is the most random thing I could think of there. But, you know, we have 80,000 thoughts a day on average in our minds. 80,000. That's a lot of thoughts, right? No wonder we're tired at the end of the day. So do 80,000 things manifest for us every single day? No, we do not live in a world of instantaneous manifestation. If we did, it would be a very chaotic world. Let me tell you that. There'd be pink elephants everywhere flying, but we don't. It is our consistent energy and vibration that attracts our reality. So if you are someone who talks about that problem and then talks about it 20 to 30 times with different people and sits in that place of feeling like, not necessarily, I don't want to use the word victim, but like, you know, sits in that place of wallowing in it a bit and, you know, you're just kind of there like the yeah, you probably are going to experience more of that feeling. Not like you're manifesting more of it too, but you're just going to be like attracting more of that-ness into your life in whatever way it comes in. So if you're someone who is like, you know, I'm going to talk about this with my friend because I want to share with a friend. I want to just like, you know, just have someone to listen to me. I just want to get it off my chest and I just want to maybe ask their advice on it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, And again, it's whether you're sitting in that place of wallowing in it and sitting in it and festering in it or whether you're discussing it. And I know myself, like I've done this where I'm like, go tell a friend, go tell a friend, go discuss it with another friend. I'm like, what was the point of that? Like, I'm just talking about it for the sake of talking about it now. And then something else annoying happens and I'm like, there you go. Like you're just kind of, instead of talking about it, getting to the point and actually just like allowing it to be a releasing exercise for you, you're just kind of like, yeah, just like entertaining it a bit too much is probably the word I would use. So for me, it's it's knowing about when I'm saying it to be released or I'm saying it to entertain it. And if I'm saying it to entertain it, that doesn't mean more is just gonna magically manifest. But if it becomes my consistent energy and vibration and I fester in it long enough, then yeah, sure, more annoying things might happen. So empower yourself with that of 
100% speak to people, release it, you know, honor your feelings and all that goodness, but don't let it become an identity and don't let it become something that you are like obsessing about because then obviously, you know, that's where you do start to feel more of those emotions, not necessarily manifesting, you know, bad things to you. And I don't believe we can manifest bad things to us as well, just for the record, but that's a whole nother YouTube video and a whole nother topic for another day. So I hope that helps abs. So our final question today is from Joni Nick 7722 um, How to control feelings of it will never happen for me as too many obstacles in the way. Joni, it's all about belief. That's a great question. And I want you to know the reason why you want it so much is because it's already yours in the future. And that saying really like drove it home for me of like, oh, what am I even worrying about? And I know you're in the membership and in the membership this month, we're doing miracles uh, for February. And I share in there, and it's a famous quote from A Course in Miracles as well, which is the book that we are referencing a lot this month in the membership, um, is around miracles, obstacles. And I always remember, and this is gonna be 100% paraphrase, so I apologize to A Course in Miracles already for paraphrasing this, but there is an amazing quote in the book that is not what is gonna come out of my mouth, but essentially it's the belief and the notion that, you know, there is no mountain the universe cannot move. Like there is no obstacle that cannot be removed if, you know, whatever it is you want is in alignment for the highest good of all. So I think a lot of the time when we see these huge mountains and obstacles in front of us, we're looking the wrong way. <laughs> You're looking the wrong way. And the universe is behind you waving, being like, Journey, Journey over here, I'm behind you. Look, your desire's behind you. And you're like focused in front of you, like dead set. And you're just kind of like, look at these huge mountains. How am I ever gonna get across these huge mountains? It's gonna take me years. I may not even get over that mountain. Change the way you look at things, turn the other way. And the reason why I say turn the other way is because there is something the other way that you are missing here. And that is the miracle. So that's kind of like a weird analogy to give, but that's what really felt cool to come through. So you need to embody the knowing. And I did this workshop very recently of make your manifestation want you. And in there, we did a powerful meditation and powerful energetics in there of embodying the notion and the knowing that it's already yours. So if you were to ask the version of Joni who has that desire already, she knows it's already her, she's got it in her life. Ask her those questions. Does that feel impossible to her? No, she's got it. It's already hers. So how do you embody the knowing that it's already yours and that the reason that you want it so badly is because you have it in the future? And that can be tough when there is, whether it's physical blocks, physical mountains, physical obstacles, or like emotional and mental obstacles and blocks and mountains. But believe me, when that alignment is right, the universe can move mountains in seconds. And it's actually not necessarily about the physical mountains being uprooted and moved to a whole new country. It's actually the way you look at things. And you might be looking at one side of the mountains and being like, whoa, that's impossible. And the universe is like, look to your left. There's your path. There's your route. 
you're focused on a route that's not your route. And that's why you're hitting blocks, you're having rejection, you're, hit, you're hitting frustration and no's because rejection is divine protection. So what is the universe protecting you from right now? There is a reason why you are asking this question. There's a reason why it feels frustrating. There's a reason why it feels impossible. Anything in this universe is possible. The word impossible even has possible in it. So you know by now, hopefully through other manifestations and other experiences in your life that what you desire, you can have as long as it's for the highest good of all. And it's this or something better. It's never anything worse. So open up your vision, turn the other way energetically and see what happens when you don't put so much focus towards it. And you actually choose to energetically look the other way at another view and not the view that you've been looking at for so long and feeling frustrated by. But I would also invite you to look at your mindset as well here and limiting beliefs because there is definitely something going on there as well around believing that it's not possible and that it will never happen. Um, so definitely Hurt, Healing, Healed is a book for you with that or you're in the membership. So there's some great content around limiting beliefs, fears, blocks, shadow work, inner work. Oh my gosh, so many topics on inner work in there, all designed to help you identify and release that mental block as well. But reminder, it's already yours and the universe can move mountains in seconds. There is nothing the universe cannot do. But I do find, and I will say this, that it's not necessarily the mountains that are moved. The miracle is actually in the change of perception where you shift your eyesight to the left a little bit and you're like, oh, there was the path all along. Okay, I'll just walk down this path and you get to your destination. But it's intimidating when you see those mountains, but there is always a way. There is always a way. And for some reason, the universe is saying, not this path, not this path. And that's okay because there are other paths. There are unlimited amounts of paths past that mountainscape. So look for the other paths and just focus on the next best step. You don't need to focus on the whole process and the whole staircase and all of the hows. Not your job, hun. That's the universe's. What is your next best step? And turn your vision, turn your energetic vision to another spot, look elsewhere and see what comes through as a miracle from that. But thank you so much, everybody, for your wonderful questions. I've absolutely loved answering these for you. We've had such a good variety as well. Um, so I hope this has really helped you and I hope it has given you some helpful reminders on manifesting and all the goodness and how we can live a truly abundant life. And I don't do these often enough, so I'm definitely gonna do more of these because I do a weekly Instagram Q&A on my Instagram stories. We do monthly Q&As in my free law of attraction support group. We do Q&As all the time in the membership, but I really wanted to bring this to the podcast and go really into depth and give you some juicy answers um, on your wonderful questions. So everything I've mentioned video and resource wise will be linked below for you. So go and have a look at the show notes for everything that I recommended. But thank you to everybody who submitted your wonderful questions. I'm sorry I couldn't go through all of them, but I hope they have helped. Um, and I will definitely be doing more of these. So look out to submit your questions. But thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you're up to. And I will see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.